Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 103 of UAB Green and Told, original release Monday, July 31st, 2023. This podcast gives us a chance to share stories from members of the UAB community. Looking for past episodes? Find us at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app. And while you're there, leave a written review so more alums can listen in. I'm Greg Berry, a UAB alum and director of communications in the Office of Alumni Affairs. According to the National Center for Health Statistics, nearly 70,000 babies are born each week in the U.S. Nearly 7,400 of them are born preterm. Those preemies are cared for by people like today's guest, Dr. Brian Sims. Dr. Sims is a professor of pediatric neonatology here at UAB, and as he'll reveal, his passion for his profession stems from when he was exposed to a love he didn't know he had, back when he was expected to look after his siblings when he was a child himself. You know, I didn't really know that that's really what I wanted to do until I had that experience and, and, and I started thinking about it. That was just the beginning, as Brian will share, that early life experience led to a career caring for the smallest and most critical newborns imaginable, something that can be emotional and taxing while including happier moments as well. To see babies able to stay in the NICU for months and months and then finally go home, I mean, that's a, a joyous time. With his credentials and expertise, Dr. Sims could have taken his skills anywhere, but he has made UAB his home. I would challenge any institution uh, on how well we work together at UAB. It really is that Southern hospitality that, you know, people talk about, it, it, it exists here. The number of babies born early in the U.S. is at a 15-year high. You may be surprised to learn that more than 1 in 10 are born premature or before 37 weeks of pregnancy. The first home for many of these babies is the Newborn Intensive Care Unit, or NICU, weighing less than four pounds, struggling to breastfeed or take a bottle, and even experiencing the challenge of taking a breath. The healthcare workers who care for these kids are superheroes, including Dr. Brian Sims. A Birmingham native, Brian grew up in a larger family and quickly became one of those caregivers. The advantage of having uh, multiple siblings is you, you never are alone. So, so I had a lot of company uh, growing up, but it was a it was a house full of love. We, you know, had great parents that you know instilled some basic, fundamental qualities that helped me be the man that I am today. Just the respect for people and for family, and and uh, you know, another advantage of having siblings is you learn how to work well with others. <laughs> oh, true, very true. You know, when you were twelve, you're quoted as saying that you started really kind of helping support your mom and your other siblings by taking care of them. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so it was a time where my mom was ill and she had equipped me to, which I didn't know that's what she was doing at the time. And I don't think she did either, but she was just showing me how to take care of my sisters who were our younger siblings. And they were both uh, about uh, eight months old. And my other sis my sister was two, and you know, about to be three, but yeah, they were both still infants and my mom got sick and uh, my dad had to go back and forth to the hospital. So, you know, and I wasn't the oldest, but they they uh, bequeathed to me the responsibilities of, of taking care of my sisters. And, uh, and like, yeah, like you said, it was at 12 years old when, you know, I sort of had to step my game up and, and you know, just fill in that role. And, and it came seamlessly, you know, in retrospect, but you know, I didn't even think about it. I, you know, I had already been trained to 
to do the things that were needed, you know, and I was literally, uh, I slept next to my sister's crib, you know, and so, oh, wow. you know, when she, when she would get up, I would get up when she needed something, I'd bounce up and do it. And, you know, I did my homework during the daytime. My dad would get my, my, uh, assignments from the teachers and they were very supportive and, and, you know, I never missed a beat. And so, you know, it, it, it helped me, um, you know, really learn how to make someone else's life be important other than your own. And so it just, it just was my first initiation into caring for others. Was it about that time that you realized, you know what, I think I want to be a doctor when I grow up? Well, not, not quite. Um, it was, it was still, you know, I was still in, intrigued by science, the sciences and, you know, engineering. I, I sort of gave a lot of things a fair look. Uh, my older brother was, and was thinking about engineering. So I thought about it and actually UAB gave me a great summer experience in engineering and they showed me that I didn't want to do that. So it was around that time, maybe me at high school that I, I really just put being a doctor on the forefront at, at, at that time after I realized that I really did like being around people and working with people and uh, not saying you can't do that in engineering, but I thought my my skill set was better suited for, um, you know, communicating, talking to people. And, and that's when thinking about medicine just surfaced, but also uh, not just medicine, but pediatrics in particular. Was it because of the experience with your sisters that drew you to pediatrics? Well, I think it just exposed a, a love that I didn't know I had. And I think um, sometimes, you know, it's like when I met you know, when you meet your spouse or, you know, you, you bump into a friend that now you have for life, you don't know it until you meet them. And so, you know, I, I didn't really know that that's really what I wanted to do until I had that experience and, and, and I started thinking about it. And, you know, and I, the question I even tell my trainees is to really think about something that you could see yourself doing for the rest of your life. You know, when you commit to medicine, this is not a you know, well, I'll do it for two or three years and then I'll try to do something else. I mean, most most times this is a lifetime commitment and that's something and you really have to think about what excites you and, and gives you the drive to get up every morning and do it all over again. And so for me, working with children has always been something that's exciting. And, you know, I can I appreciate the reward of, you know, seeing a a mom bumping to me at Target and say, look at my child. You know, it's, I really appreciate all the things you did. And it's just wonderful to see them take off, get off the launching pad and do well. So for me, it was it was that passion that, um, that pointed me in the direction of pediatrics. You know, a lot of people when they're young and they're exploring colleges, they want to move away. You chose to stay in Birmingham and specifically UAB. Why'd you choose UAB? Yeah. So Great question, and uh, I, it was an easy question for me. So one, going back to my my bigger family, uh, one thing that I had to realistically ask the question was, where could I get the best education at the most uh, inexpensive uh, place? And and you know, and I I looked around probably like everyone else, but what I was able to figure out was, you know, UAB for the cost and also for the scholars that I was going to be around, I thought UAB was the best place for me uh, looking at everything, looking at expenses, looking at location, getting back and forth to school, you know, because, you know, as a freshman, you didn't have to live on campus. And so that was, 
that was something that, you know, was I just, you know, stayed home and for the first year or so and then just commuted to, to school and it it really worked out worked out well. But as I tell in the story, I went to Ramsey High School, which was on the top of the hill, and I yeah. literally, you know, took my dream eight blocks to UAB. And I also knew that, you know, UAB, uh, the School of Medicine was somewhere that I was strongly considering once I finished college. So I didn't I didn't feel the need to go elsewhere and I and I know and I understand people do that for different reasons and you know but again my my family was so loving and supportive I didn't have this desire just to leave just to leave so you know for me you know uh, UAB was you know a top choice and it, it made and we were on the quarter system then so I actually was able to work and pay uh, my way through college you know just because of you know how inexpensive it was it, you know you could actually pull that off even as a you know as a young freshman you mentioned that you went to high school just eight blocks away up the hill at ramsey from the time that you started at ramsey and the time you finished at uab how did the university change well it's been an astronomical flight you know it's i mean just the just when you look at the the start and the finish when i give talks to students i like to just, you know, when I go over my journey, I like to show the old university center that we, you know, that we had in, in the 80s and, and, you know, and the one that we have now. And it's just a marvelous uh, transition. And, and so, um, you know, the alumni house, you know, it's just so many things that have come up on UAB's campus that really shows the growth. And, and you know, and I always joke with people and I say, you know, UAB and I grew at the same pace in a sense, you know, and, and, and it's been wonderful to see the changes on campus, the green, the campus greens, for instance, uh, when they enclosed the, you know, the uh, street right next to the university center that used to have housing on the right where the UAB campus rec was. And, you know, we used to go to Bell Gym for, uh, you know, that was our recreational uh, gym and we used to go over there. And so it's just nice to see the you know, Campus Recreation Center is beautiful. Uh, like I say, the Campus Green is gorgeous. You know, it's just been a beautiful transformation. UAB football didn't exist when I was yeah. a freshman. It was club football and, you know, and it was always uh, something that was, you know, exciting to see just uh, UAB uh, build, you know, all the programs that have come on campus that have made it just, you know, a marvelous experience for students. And, you know, and it's nice to go to the UAB football games and see all the excitement. And, uh, you know, and I just reflect back to, you know, I would have loved, you know, something similar, you know, but and, I, and so instead of complaining about it, I just enjoy it now. <laughs> and you embraced college life when you were on campus. You were heavily involved, weren't you? I was, I was in, in, in many things, many things. So I didn't, yeah, and that's a, you know, another good point, you know, no matter where you go to college, you can, you can buy into the college life wherever you are. And, and yeah, I was a part of the SGA. I was part of a fraternity. Um, you know, I got a chance to be a part of the Minority Pre-Health Society. I started mentoring even in college, not knowing that's what was the title of it, but I would still go to uh, some of the schools around the uh, Birmingham area and talk to kids. And again, kids have always been my passion. so. It was easy to do. And, you know, I volunteered at Children's Hospital. So, yeah, I've, I've had a wonderful experience and it was easy to 
make the transition from high school to college. It was a lot of uh, instructors that were very helpful. And, and believe it or not, some, some of them are still present. I have a graduate student in my lab that's in the Department of Biology where I finished my degree. And Dr. Steve Watts is, is still there doing well. And he's on my students committee. And that's just, you know, that is just so funny to think about, you know, just how far uh, you know, how far of a distance to be back at the same place in a sense. And it's it's nice to, you know, to be able to work with him now as as faculty. And that's just, uh, you know, an amazing thing. But again, it, you know, people like Dr. Watts have been very helpful throughout my career and they continue to do that for students to this day. And, and I'm uh, still very active on campus and, you know, have a lot of students that I mentor. And that's one thing that I wanted to change when I started on faculty was to make the opportunities for students that wanted to be a doctor uh, be better. And I definitely see the the vast improvement. And, you know, I didn't, you know, and again, I, I don't believe in, in complaining. I believe in making it how it should be. So, we, you know, we've definitely, with the help of the, a lot of the undergraduate programs, but they called me, I'm, I think I'm on there. Uh, speed dial. I think I'm on speed dial and they call me and they know that any student at UAB that I can help uh, do the same as I did, pursue my dream, I'm, I'm all in. You have multiple degrees from this university. You kept coming back. You could have gone other places. Why did you keep coming back and staying in Birmingham? Yeah, well, you know, I did get a chance to uh, leave and go do my residency in mm -hmm. St. Louis at Washington University. And then when it was time to finish that and, and the choice of going different places, uh, you know, UAB was again on the top of the list. And, and this time I didn't make the decision because of, you know, the, the, my initial decisions for coming to UAB, but, but similar. I felt the collegiality at UAB. I felt the, the environment, the support. I thought it was a great place to start my uh, faculty position. And initially I was doing, I, came back to do my neonatology fellowship. But again, one of the, you know, better programs in the country, um, you know, and I was, it was an honor to come back and do that. But when it was time to stay on faculty, you know, I had some offers at different institutions, but, you know, it's even the question now because some people say, hey, will you ever leave UAB? Well, it's, it's not a matter of will I ever leave UAB? The question is, can someone match what I have here? And I think that's, you know, I would, I would say that's good advice for anyone uh, in their career is that you don't have to leave to just to say you're leaving, you know, if you have things that you feel are necessary to be successful. And I always felt that it was fertile ground at UAB. I felt that, you know, it's a place when I was working on my PhD as a student, you know, any experiment that I dreamt of, I could find someone on campus that would let me do that experiment or, or work with me to work out the kinks of the details. And, and it's still that way to this day. I mean, I, I collaborate with multiple faculty members and, and I've come, you know, and I've been at another institution and, and the collaborative uh, spirit and the collegiality are just second to none. And I would, you know, I would challenge any institution uh, on how well we work together at UAB. It really is that Southern hospitality that you know, people talk about it, it, it exists here. You mentioned that you work with pediatrics and, you know, I have two kids that spent 
several days, uh, up, up to two weeks in the NICU up in Iowa when they were born, because they were born three pounds, two ounces, three pounds, 15 ounces. You work with the smallest of small and, and cases that are very serious. What's it like working in that environment on a daily basis? Well, it's a it's a challenge. It's a it's a good challenge because the challenge is how can we support you know the most vulnerable patients? How can we um, make their day better? How can we support the parents going through uh, one of the toughest times of their lives? You know what what can we do to make that day better? Being prepared and being well trained, well educated for the job. You know now you get to do the job, and it, it's a it's a pleasure and an honor to be uh, in the space. Uh, I don't look at it as a, a stressful job. And what I mean is, it's so many ways that you can help parents and the patients that I look for different ways that I can do that. So I don't think about how much stress that the situation may be, um, yeah, it may be confronting us, but I look at, you know, what can we do to help uh, this family through this tough time? And just to be, uh, open to listen and listen more than you talk and, and you find out that people are, you know, all of us are more similar than different and you just find that, you know, you can connect with people and help them through this time. And so for me being in that space, I feel like this is the space that I'm supposed to be in. And so and that's another uh, thing I, I share with my mentees is choose wisely on the space that you land in because you do it for a long time. And uh, and, and when you are in a space that you enjoy being in, you don't feel the stress or the tension. You know, it's a joy to come to work and take care of little babies. And, uh, and it's a joy to see them go home with their parents. And it's a joy to see them at Target running around the store. And so, you know, for me, this is, I call it a launching pad in a sense. You know, we, we get to be on the ground when the little babies are ships awaiting takeoff. And so it's a, it's a pleasure to help them take off and be better. Uh, and more, and most babies do well, uh, even though, you know, we deal with a lot of vulnerable babies, but when you look at the overall numbers, the babies leave and they go home and that's a, you know, and that's a blessing in itself, you know, seeing that some babies don't survive one day, you know, but to see babies able to stay in the NICU for months and months and then finally go home. I mean, that's a, a joyous time. I was honored to be a part of the most premature baby in the world. Yeah. And that was, you know, and that's something that, you know, well, the truth is I'm the only one that can say that. So that, that's, a, you know, that's an honor in itself. But I think, you know, when you're in the space you're supposed to be, I think, uh, you know, heavenly powers put different things in your hands that you can handle. So I was, you know, uh, you know, again, it was a great honor to be involved in that. And, and again, just to see these wonderful stories that have taken off of all these years is just a, you know, it's just a joy to be in the space. Talk a little bit more about that small space because it was 21 weeks, if I'm not mistaken. 21 weeks in one day. Man, that just had to have been an uh, incredible experience being able to be the person kind of overseeing the growth of this child. Talk about the challenges, because uh, I believe it was over 250 days that child spent in the mm -hmm. NICU. Yeah, and so the, you know, the, and the biggest challenge was, you know, when he was born, he and his sister, he had a twin sister and uh, she didn't survive, unfortunately, but uh, he was able to survive. But it was just, it was it was a tough situation, you know, minute one, you know, just 
uh, seeing if they were going to be able to survive. And this was because on paper, you know, this baby isn't supposed to survive. But, yeah. you know, that's the I think that's the advantage of being in a place where you see thousands and thousands of babies. You know, you you learn what the exceptions are. And so, you know, no, no book can can tell you exactly what you're supposed to do in every situation. And so this, but I was, you know, thankful to have seen enough in my career where, you know, I knew it was something different about this little uh, baby boy and, you know, and he proved it. And so again, it was more credit to him, uh, but, you know, he, he definitely showed how feisty he was and, and uh, it was just a wonderful experience, but it, yeah, but the challenges were just, you know, it was a question mark. We didn't know, how well things would go, you know, yeah. we, we've done a lot of things in our neonatal ICU. We have a golden week protocol for uh, extremely premature babies where uh, we, we handle them a specific way. We do things a specific way to try to minimize any bad outcomes. And, and uh, we try to do things, uh, our ventilatory strategies to try to minimize damage to the lungs. And so we, we, do all the things that we know what to do now, but no one knows what to do with a 21 weeker because we have not um, had the opportunity of caring for them for a long time because most of those babies uh, do not survive uh, a day at least. So most uh, usually succumb to the lungs being underdeveloped and they're not able to survive. Not only are you working with the smallest of small, the most critical babies, but you're also working with the pediatric doctors of tomorrow. Yes. What do you try to instill in them as they advance their career? Well, one thing, and I, I, I'm known for this, and I believe in it, and I said it needs to be the first book I write, but never trust a baby is the slogan that I like to talk to them about. And it, and it just brings up good conversation. But the point is, we're in the neonatal ICU and so it's not our job to assume that something isn't wrong. Our, our job is to prove to prove that it isn't or to make, you know, or to protect the child if it is something wrong. And so we've learned, and I definitely try to share with them, is to have a low threshold for uh, looking into what a baby is doing. And I, and I say this all the time about not trusting them, but the truth is babies can't tell us what's wrong. So... You have to use the cues and signs that babies give you and the symptoms to try to uh, catch things before they become a real bad problem for the baby. And so I share that with them. And I also share with them to um, choose something that you see yourself doing. Just say on Christmas Day, you're away from your family. You have to work in the hospital. Would you be okay with serving your patience on that day because you're you're so passionate about what you do and you adjust your Christmas, would you be okay sacrificing that time to care for other people? And, and I think the only way you can really answer that is to be in a place that you really want to be. In this life, you give, which I think is the blessing, is that you give, your giving is also what you're receiving. And I think just being able to give so much to people it's a boomerang effect and it, it comes back to you and, it, and it's a rewarding way uh, to live your life. But you also have to know that it does come with a commitment, a time commitment. Uh, um, and you you have to adjust your schedule sometimes for your for your patients. And it's not to 
put your family on the back burner, but other people's families are just as important as yours. That's Dr. Brian Sims. Dr. Sims graduated with a bachelor's degree in biology from the College of Arts and Sciences in 1991, earned his PhD in cell biology from the graduate school, was awarded his MD in 2000, and completed his fellowship in 2006 from the Hearsing School of Medicine. As someone who has made UAB a home, Dr. Sims definitely has a great idea of what it means to be a blazer. I, I would attach, you know, trailblazers to what I've always wanted to, to take away from that, you know, that slogan of, of being a blazer. When we say go blazers, I just mean, I just think it means that we should set the tone and set the tempo, you know, and be be on the forefront of, of technology, medicine, and, you know, we should set the pace. I think, uh, you know, we have definitely, uh, even when I, as you mentioned, you know, just looking at the campus from when I started to now, you know, we blazed a trail in Birmingham and it's, you know, it's just a honor to be uh, you know a part of that tradition but I, and I'm happy to be a part of that that tradition and that growth and and still working to be a trailblazer be sure to check out past episodes of the UAB green and told podcast listen in at alumni.uab.edu slash green and told have a story to share or know someone who does email green and told at uab.edu finally be sure to follow us on social media just search UAB alumni on Facebook Instagram and Twitter Thanks for listening, and until next time, go Blazers.